Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. My Dolphins took a bad loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. What's going on with the San Francisco 49ers? And why did the NFL give us Bears and Chargers on Sunday Night Football this week? Welcome to another edition of It's a Football Podcast, brought to you by USA Today Sports. I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Come on now, I'll be at that game Sunday night. It'll be it'll be a decent primetime game between two decent. terrible teams right now. <laughs> decent. You got the terrible yeah. teams part right. Who knows <laughs> what's going on with the Brown uh, with the uh, Bears quarterback situation? We also don't know what's going on with Justin Herbert. Man, he's all over the place this season. I would say uh, Brandon Staley. We don't know what's going on with him and his defense. Very much so, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> How hot is the seat for Brandon Staley? We'll talk about a little later here, Tyler. But the NFC has a little bit of a shakeup this week, Tyler. We saw the Eagles uh, take care of business against the Dolphins. Um, I know you're going to give me a little bit of flack on that later when we talk about if the Dolphins are for real or not. But we did see the Eagles win 31-17 to on Miami on Sunday night and on Monday night. We also saw the 49ers take their second straight loss uh, with a 22-17 loss to the Vikings. Um, The Eagles are, uh, like I said, lost two in a row. They kind of always kind of do this when they reach the Super Bowl. I have a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season here. Um, But, Tyler, I wanted to ask you, did the Eagles retake the 49ers as the best team in the NFC? I have to say so. The 49ers, uh, too bad losses uh in a row and really i have to point to a lot of things one injuries of course plays a part trent williams did not play debo samuel did not play but kyle shanahan i remember when the 49ers beat the rams a few weeks ago he lauded brock purdy for taking care of the football and you know being accurate and everything and the past Two uh, losses, Brock Purdy has thrown three interceptions. He has not taken care of the football. In fact, last night the 49ers had three turnovers, um, two by Brock Purdy. And that coincides with the 49ers' two-game losing streak. And when you take can't take care of the football and you're already plagued by injuries at some key positions – you're going to have a tough time winning football games. And I have to point to Brock Purdy and this 49ers defense. I mean, where is Nick Bosa? Where is Eric Armstead? Uh, where is all their other uh, top uh, defensive linemen? They had zero sacks against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings without. <laughs> it's not like he can throw quickly to Justin Jefferson in the house. I just Jefferson's on IR. So you lose to a Justin Jefferson, Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, less Minnesota Vikings team. That is terrible. And the 49ers need to go back to the drawing board quickly before they play the Cincinnati Bengals or else it's going to be three straight losses for the 49ers. It seems like, I mean, I hate to say this, but San Francisco Super Bowl was that big win against the Dallas Cowboys. Because that was the best game they played all season. And since then, they've been a shell of themselves. So they have to go back to the drawing board. They need to uh, take care of the football, number one. Brock Purdy needs to uh, look at his mistakes and, again, deliver ball with accuracy to his playmakers. And they need to really, really focus on what has ailed them over the past few weeks. And in my opinion, Safed, that is their – turnovers and then their defense is not the 49ers defensive old where they're getting after the quarterback with their front seven primarily their front four and uh eliminating big plays 
Yeah, Nick Bosa was so close to Kirk Cousins a couple times last night. Um, and it was really funny to see because I was watching the Monday night broadcast with uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, and they were mentioning very much so how when Nick Bosa wasn't in the game, the Vikings were um, you know, primarily just going deep because they knew they had an opportunity to throw a deep ball, right? Um, Jordan mm-hmm. Addison had a really big game last night, you know, best game of his young uh, rookie career here. Uh, Hawkinson was really great for them as well. They did okay without Justin Jefferson, and they did really much okay without anything of a run game. The, the, mm-hmm. the Vikings have probably one of the worst run games in the NFL, um, if we're not looking at the Steelers, right? Um, you know, when I look at this this team, they lost in Cleveland. Uh, the field goal kicker missed, missed the game winner. Um, but there was also some other plays that they could have had in that one. And that was the one where, you know, obviously Debo Samuel got hurt. Trent Williams got hurt. McCaffrey got hurt, but he still played against the Vikings last week. Um, you know, for me, this is definitely on Brock Purdy a little bit here. I know the interceptions against the Vikings obviously were not ideal. They were down the field, um, you know, picking off by safeties. Um, you know, that Brian Flores defense is a little bit tough for some young quarterback. But the Vikings will have some success against, you know, year one, year two guys because Brian Flores knows how to shut those guys down and confuse them with his defensive scheme. But, you know, the the – you you really get into the bone you know the bones of it and i and i just look at Brock Purdy as he's an ultimate game manager you know he's not going to be the game changer for you that's why McCaffrey's there that's why Debo Samuel's there that's why Trent Williams is there um that's why all those guys like you mentioned Fred Warner on defense Nick Bosa on defense those are the guys that are going to win the Super Bowl and the NFC title game for the 49ers you know come later on in the season um San Fran just has to play a little bit better on the road man it's hard to go into Cleveland and play um, you know, a lot of teams going to Cleveland and lose because it's just hard place to play. Um, even, you know, the Vikings game, it, it's 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 tough to play in that place because the crowd noise is really condensed in that stadium as well, too. But no excuses for the 49ers from, from my end. Um, but Bengals, Chargers, oh, excuse me, Bengals, Jaguars, the next two games for the 49ers. If they played like they played the last two weeks, I don't like those prospects at all. Tyler, we'll, we'll preview uh, Bengals and 49ers later in this game. Um, I think since he's going to come out big because they had the week off, obviously, you're hoping to see a one more healthy week of Burrow with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins against that off that defense. This is this is going to be the Super Bowl that we didn't get, right? We got we got Chiefs <laughs> Eagles, but we didn't get Bengals 49ers like some wanted last year. So it's going to be a big matchup. Um, you know, and for me, as 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 we look at the Eagles, you know, kind of retaking the claim here at the best team in the NFC. Obviously, their identity is in that tush push play, man. Um, it's 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 great to see how they have really bought into this one play. Um, when I look at that Eagles Dolphins game, I look at that last drive of the game where the, where Eagles went up two scores, and <clears throat> there was a fourth and one stop, and Sirianni had to call a timeout because he wasn't sure how far the one was. You know what I mean? He wasn't sure how far the distance was to go forward on fourth and one. And I really thought for a split second, Nick Sirianni was going to pump the ball away because maybe it was like fourth and two. A.J. Brown got dragged backwards a little bit, but the forward progression, you know, set him up for a fourth and one. And they had a tush push, I believe, I I think at least twice or three times on that last drive where they beat the Dolphins there um, to win that game. Um, You know, I'm concerned about Jalen Hurts' knee injury. He seems not as concerned, but it's something to watch moving forward. Um, But, man, this offense is, is incredible when you look at, A.J. Brown, when you look at Devontae Smith, you know, being the catch radius that he is, Dallas Gardner had a really big game. And, man, DeAndre Swift has been a really great addition for that offense. You look at how good they were last year, and then they found a running back like Swift, who is, you know, obviously a really great talent. We saw how he got drafted. He just kind of fell out of favor in Detroit, and he's very much in favor in Philadelphia right now. I think the Eagles have a much more rounded defense uh, offense, excuse me, and their defense actually showed up. You know, Josh Wett is playing incredible right now. You know what you have in Hassan Reddick. They picked up Jalen Carter out of the draft, and he's been a revelation for them as well, um, you know, along with some of their older guys on the roster too. And they just went out and got Kevin Beard from the Titans. The Eagles are gearing up, man. You know Howie Roseman, he geared up when they got Chauncey Gardner, um, you know, last year for their Super Bowl run. I think Kevin Beard is the same kind of, of, of player and caliber player that can take that defense to a next level. So we'll see, man. I think the Eagles look better than they did last year. And that's saying something because they started undefeated for, you know, how many games last year? 
Yeah, I think without question, the Eagles have to be the number one team in the NFC. I, I just think they're a more complete football team right now. I definitely trust Jalen Hurts uh, more than Brock Purdy. And then they always win the battle in the trenches. And like you said, that I call it the brotherly show. <laughs> I know a lot of people like to tush push, uh, but the fact that they have first and nine every time. I mean, because they're guaranteed a yard if it's third and one or fourth and one. And really, mm-hmm. they're getting two to three yards of the touch. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> Brother, so like, it's not even just one yard. They're, they're getting about two yards every time they uh, have that play. It's really incredible. And you see a lot of teams trying to imitate it, and they just have no success at all. And then – the only question I had with the Eagles right now is their secondary is not as good as the year before. But the fact that, I mean, the Tennessee Titans, I guess they, they just give all the their best players to the Eagles. Maybe they'll yeah, right. even uh, ship off Derrick Henry to the Eagles as well. But, I mean, Kevin Bayard is one of the best safeties in the NFL, and the Eagles' secondary, primarily their safeties, um, weren't that great. And for them to get a Pro Bowl caliber player on the back end to pair with Slay and those boys, that just elevates this team even more. And not even just, you know, his ability, just his, his veteran leadership. He was one of the leaders on Tennessee's team. So you have an experienced veteran leader who's a Pro Bowl caliber player on that defense. It just elevates them even more. And to me, the Eagles made a statement on Sunday night against your favorite Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins had some humble pies off it. And I believe that yes, they, they are clearly the best team in the NFC. And we might have a Super Bowl rematch off it. We might have a Super Bowl rematch. This is this is the perfect segue, Tyler. Perfect segue <laughs> into our next segment because the Kansas City Chiefs have reclaimed their status as the best team in the AFC. Now we saw the uh, the forty. Excuse me. We saw the Chiefs beat the Chargers thirty-one seventeen, just like the the Eagles beat the Dolphins. Same score, um, but Patrick Mahomes was phenomenal in this one. So was Travis Kelsey. Uh, Mahomes had four hundred twenty-four yards and four touchdowns. Um, didn't let a late interception bother him. And Travis Kelsey just ate very nicely on the day. Twelve catches, one hundred seventy-nine yards, and a touchdown with you know who in the stands. Um, doing this little celebration, touchdown celebration with Brittany Mahomes in the box. Great dance. I liked it. Um, but, man, the Chiefs are back on top. Nicole Hardman coming back. The trade that they made with the Jets to get a player who knows their offense was a great move by Andy Reid and, and, and uh, Brett Feach uh, up there in Kansas City. Um, and Hardman played immediately because he knows the playbook, Tyler. Like, this is incredible to me. All those guys, you know, Tony struggled with the drops in week one, and he was coming off a of meniscus. Rasheed Rice is, um, you know, obviously becoming a beneficiary in their game for them. He's kind of popping up in the middle of the field whenever you need him. Valdez Scanling had a nice touchdown, which was off a scramble play, and Mahomes found him. And you got to see Mahomes kind of get into his groove again, man, which was amazing to see because it's not often he throws for four touchdowns and 400 yards. Um, but when he does, all the games after kind of feel like they come a little bit easier because the offense kind of clicks a little bit more. Hardman was really important for them in that game, I think. Um, you know, just giving them the opportunity to have some completions late in that game and to keep some drives going. You know, you weren't getting that from Tony as much. You weren't getting you were getting that from Rice, um, but you weren't getting that from some of the other guys like Sky Moore, um, Scanling, things like that. So. I think that was a big pickup by the Chiefs, man, just to have somebody that was really, really familiar with their offense. And um, for me, it's the sky's the limit for Kansas City this season because uh, Mahomes looks like he has everything kind of back in sync after that Chargers game. Yeah, while you were reading off all those stats, there were sirens going on outside of my place. And it's I didn't ironic. hear anything, man. Well, well, I, I was. it's ironic that that was going on because there's sirens going on in the uh, Chargers facility right now after the Chiefs just manhandled <laughs> uh, their, their defense, especially in the first half. I mean, they, they made Travis Kelsey look like the best tight end in NFL history, and maybe he is in the discussion. And 
Patrick Mahomes, what what can you say? Um, the fact that he really doesn't have a, a number one wide receiver. He has a number one target, but a number one wide receiver. And he's still putting up these astronomical numbers and going out there and having the Chiefs just with one loss. It, it, it's just a testament to his ability. And he's easily the top. If there's any doubt that he's not the best player in the NFL, just put on the tape of last week and you'll see why. But yeah, the Chiefs, what I really like about them is their defense has improved over the Much years. So. And their secondary, they were young last season, the year before, but they have, you know, got some experience. And the, uh, some games they have carried the offense and they play complementary football. And this game, the offense kind of, you know, stepped up and the defense didn't have to, you know, be as dominant. But the fact that you have a defense now that's one of the top in the NFL and you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback with Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid calling plays, I mean, we already know that's the recipe for success. So, yeah, uh, the only team that I want to see the Chiefs play that I may have a question, of course, one is the Bengals, if the Bengals get right, but the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Look like they are coming and look like they're going to be a juggernaut, especially if Lamar Jackson continues to play like he is right now. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, they should be the front runners for MVP right now. I, yeah, I still have Patrick Mahomes. Hard, I, I know you have Tyreek Hill, maybe even Tua in the discussion. I have come Tua, on. that hurts my let's, little Tua heart. Yeah, man. yeah. Let, let's let's get back to reality, Soffit. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is the MVP front runner, but you know who's closing? It's Lamar Jackson. So I I do have the Chiefs as the best team in the AFC, but a close second, those Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, definitely. When you look at the standings heading into week six, you see the Chiefs six and one taking over the lead in the AFC. Dolphins are five and two. Ravens are five and two. Jaguars are five and two as well. I know they played on Thursday night and had a couple wins in London, but Jacksonville's really turned the corner there. Um, Like I said, it's going to be a big game for Cincinnati this week when you look at the AFC pitcher because they're going into San Fran um, in a little bit of what, what could have been a Super Bowl last year. Um, for us. And so I'm interested to see how this AFC really shakes out. Um, I don't think it's the Chiefs just yet, but obviously their body of work lends to the fact that it 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 will and could be theirs um, by season's end, man. Um, and then when you went, you know, real quick, one one thing on the NFC that I wanted to mention real quick, um, you know, the Eagles six and one Lions five and two 49ers five and two. And so when I look at, you know, the, the 49ers taking two losses, Whoever's going to get home field advantage in the NFC is definitely going to take the next step, right? Um, we saw mm-hmm. Philly use it to their advantage in the NFC title game last year. That's why I really think it's important for San Fran to get home field advantage because you want Philly to come to San Fran and cross the country like that and play in your home field. Um, you know, so all these things kind of add up and matter. Even in week eight, as we're going in, there's plenty of season left to be played. But keep an eye on the standings. Keep an eye on the matchups that you win because it will come down to deciding your playoff seating later on this year and, you know, determining the matchup that you're going to have that's either going to give you an early exit in the playoffs or let you advance to play another week, man. Uh, Tyler, let's get into a little bit of a segment here where I'm asking, well, we're both going to answer the question, is this team for real? Is this team for real? We got a bunch of teams that we don't know are for real. We've had some glimpses at times early this season. Maybe this team came off a loss this week. You know, maybe this team came off a really big win. Um, But we're going to go into it right now. And let's start off with the team that you teased a little bit, uh, you know, ago, Tyler. The Baltimore Ravens. Are the Baltimore Ravens for real? Obviously, we saw their big win over the Lions this week. Um, The Lions have been beating down everybody they've seen. And instead, they were the ones to get beaten down. 38-6. to Uh, to the Ravens last week, Lamar, 357 yards, three touchdowns, throwing the ball incredibly. Tyler, tell me why you think the Ravens are for real again. The Ravens should be 7-0. Their two losses are really because they beat themselves, especially that loss uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They 
are kicking themselves right now. They should be the only undefeated team in the National Football League. But Lamar Jackson, he's playing at an MVP level, as I said. That defense, sometimes they give up big plays and sometimes they're vulnerable, but they have stepped up in recent weeks. And you just look at just the way that they played on offense. It's not all just running down your throat. Uh, Lamar Jackson is throwing the football to, you know, Mark Andrews and those boys and uh, Odell Beckham, and they look very, very good. Zay Flowers uh, deserves a lot of credit for how he's looked as a rookie. And then, you know, you just look at the way they're being able to play complementary football. Special teams is always a strength of the Ravens. They have probably the best kicker in NFL history and Justin Tucker. And you look at their schedule remaining. Yes, they still have uh, teams in the AFC North uh, to play, but this week they go to Arizona Cardinals off it. Now you know that's a, a guaranteed W. <laughs> so uh, they're going to get that win this week. And I, I just do believe at the beginning of the season, the Ravens were my Super Bowl pick. I'm not wavering. I still think they are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. However, the Chiefs make me a little bit nervous, but yeah. The Ravens are for real. Stop it. They are for real. Tyler, I want to talk next about the, the Detroit Lions, and I still think the Detroit Lions are very for real. I know the 38-6 loss was a really bad look for them last week. They just got dominated from the jump, and sometimes that's going to happen to a to a good team. Uh, but Detroit is 5-2, and two, sitting second in the NFC right now. Um, they got the Raiders, you know, coming to, into Detroit on Monday Night Football. A great bounce-back opportunity for Detroit. Um, and obviously, you know, you have some tough, tough games on that schedule remaining, but, uh, David Montgomery is going to come back from his injury. Jamar Gibbs played really well. Um, Sam Brown obviously played well, you know, having some stats in garbage time. And I think Jared Goff is, 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 you know, is, is past the tier three. I think he's into the tier two realm as, as we get into quarterback talk here, but, um, I'm not I'm not so worried about this Lions loss. It was a bad loss, yes, but I'm not so worried about them. Every team kind of needs a resetting loss uh, to kind of get their focus back. You know, the Lions were coming off some really, really big wins um, this season. You know, obviously they had the uh, the Chiefs win in, in week one. And Falcons, Packers, Panthers, and Buccaneers were their other wins. Teams that you're supposed to beat, yes, but their offense was just flying on a really, really high clip, right? It just didn't show up in Baltimore last week, but I'm not so worried about them this year. I think they're probably Dan Campbell has them so together, right? When you look at Andy Reid and the Chiefs, and for me, Robert Sala and the Jets, these guys are just so cohesive. They're all bought in. And I think Dan Campbell has the same thing going on in Detroit, where some other teams maybe not be as bought in, um, but they went for other reasons. So I think for those reasons, I think Detroit is for real, and I think they're going to bounce back for sure on Monday night against the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And one of the major reasons why is look at their division, the NFC North. They're already two games ahead of everybody else, even with that loss. Who's going to catch them? Chicago Bears? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers? I mean, the only team that maybe you would think oh, could give them a chance is the Minnesota Vikings, and they're three games behind them without so Justin Jefferson. Back. Yeah, so – yeah, they're almost guaranteed right now a home playoff game. I, I think, think easily they're the favorite to win the NFC North division. And that was a – I won't say it's a good loss, but it sometimes it's good to be humbled early or midway through the season so you can reset, like you said, and kind of come back to the drawing board and realize what you need to do to get better so you can get over the hump come December – and January football when you play in a postseason. So that loss should help them in the long run, especially when they host a playoff game, which they probably will be. Mm -hmm. Tyler, you're going to have to speak some sense into me here because I still think my Miami Dolphins are for real. Uh, but obviously they have not shown that against really good teams this season. Both of their losses have come against really good teams, the Bills and the Eagles. Uh, they kind of just get out roughed in these games here. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about my Miami Dolphins? Bring me back down to earth if you're still here with me and we are not frozen. You're not frozen anymore. Let's so, go, baby. Okay, so stop it. I, I'm going to need you 
to take the Dolphins' pom poms and throw them <laughs> in the Atlantic Ocean. Oh my and, goodness! And let and let the Dolphins chomp on those pom poms because that was a humbling loss. It, uh, y'all needed some humble pie, and you got served sure. it uh, on a Philadelphia cheesesteak. And it was just, <laughs> I, I just, it, it, I just loved just watching that game. I'm sure you it, did. I'm sure it, you it, did. It, 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 it was, it, it was like I was uh, listening to dreams and nightmares, uh, just over and over again on replay. I mean, you know, you know that song with Meek Mill, Safa. It was just music to my ears the, the whole uh-huh. game, and I, I knew, I knew the outcome of the game. So to answer your question, uh, I, I think the Dolphins are going to be a tough out. And honestly, it's easily uh, they are the fastest team in the NFL. They have those speedsters on the outside. A lot of people call them a track team. The only one with track speed is Tyreek Hill. Uh, But I think if you can beat them up up front like the Philadelphia Eagles did, like Mm -hmm. the Chiefs can do, like the Baltimore Ravens can do, the Dolphins are vulnerable. And that's why – those teams are a bad matchup for the Dolphins. The Dolphins want to run by you, play fast, play pretty, throw behind-the-back passes with Tua like he's some, the second coming of Magic Johnson, but he ain't. He's a point guard uh, out there, man. <laughs> but they're a fun team to watch. But if you get to them, play smash-mouth football, play physical, they're vulnerable. I agree, Tyler. I agree. I think the Dolphins are a little bit even, I would dare to say, soft up front. Um, and they got to figure that out. Yeah, that's that's coming from the heart. You felt that one right there? I uh, felt that look, one. The Dolphins got a big game coming up. They, they play the Patriots this week. And obviously that's going to be a tough one because division game, this and that. And the Patriots are coming off a win over the Bills last week. But uh, Chiefs and 49, uh, Chiefs and Dolphins are going to be in, uh, in Germany Excuse me, um, next week, the week after, week 10. Um, so Sunday morning, we're going to wake wake up in week 10 and see the Dolphins and Chiefs in Germany, um, which is going to be the next big litmus test for Miami. Um, they definitely don't have a chance against the Chiefs if they we saw the team that showed up against the Bills and the Eagles, right? That's their next litmus test. The Dolphins have a tough end to the season, too. They have um, Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills to end their season um, and a bunch of winnable games in between those matchups. So we'll see, man. They got to toughen up. Um, but like, I appreciate that you said that they are a tough out because I think their offense will be tough to slow down. Um, and I think they're going to stack up wins against some really bad teams and probably get a good matchup in the playoffs. It's just a matter of who they match up against. And if it's a team that has, can win the line of scrimmage, I don't like their chances at all. Tyler, let's get into another team. Are you for real? Are the Buffalo bills for real still Tyler? I'm not sure. I know the body of the work, you know, the body of work definitely tells me that the Bills are still very much for real. But after their 29-25 loss to the Patriots, their third loss of the season, uh, I'm not so sure, man. I think Josh Allen is still playing a little bit of hero ball. Uh, More importantly, I think that the Bills are just depending on Josh Allen way too much, right? James Cook has been a nice revelation for them in the run game. They really didn't have a run game in the last couple years like they have. Stephon Diggs is still really great, but, you know, you're still looking for that second receiver to help out, right? Like, is it Gabe Davis? Is it going to be Dalton Kincaid since Dawson Knox is out? Um, You know, they have some guys like Shakir and and some other guys that can catch a pass here or two, man. But Josh Allen is, like, dominating the football, like, 85% of their plays. So it's really him or bust. And I don't know, man. I think the Bills might be coming into another season where, uh, you know, they have a playoff loss late because of the fact that it's just Josh Allen or bust. So I'll, it, it depends because it depends what your expectations are. If your expectations are a Super Bowl, then the Bills aren't for real. If your expectations are a playoff team, yeah, they're a playoff team. They might be a wild card team because the Dolphins are winning the division right now. And I think at this point you would say they're, they're the favorite to win the division. The next two weeks are going to say a lot about the Bills. They're coming off that disappointing loss against the Patriots. They play the uh, Bucks this week, and then they travel to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. And that's going to be an emotional game there. So if you have, if you go one and one, you're pretty much back 
at the same place where you are right now. If you go 2-0, that can springboard you for the rest of the way. And you can possibly win the division if you go 2-0 these next uh, two games. So I want to see how the Bills rally back after that uh, bad loss to a Patriots team that really has struggled all season. And if they're able to find some consistency on offense and not just rely on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs the whole time, they can be a good team. But like you said, they, they, that's been the question with Buffalo for the past few seasons is Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. If those two aren't playing remarkable, the Bills are probably going to lose because they don't have a consistent threat outside those two guys. And their defense, every now and then they'll make a big play, but it almost seems like they want Von Miller to save the day with a, a huge game-making sack, game-altering sack, and then Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, you guys beat Superman. <laughs> that, I mean, that's yeah. the Buffalo Bills' identity uh, for the past few seasons. They need uh-huh. somebody else to make these game-changing type plays and be a playmaker for their team to be successful. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can do it the next two weeks because the Bucks, they're a, a pretty good football team, plays good defense, and we know what the Bengals uh, can do. Yeah, definitely. And look, when you when you look at the uh, the Bills' schedule later on this year, they got a big, you know, three week little setting. Um, Thanksgiving weekend, they're at Philly. They got to go on a bye, and then on December tenth, they're at Kansas City. Um, and that's on top of the the Cincy game at Cincy that they're going to play, right? Um, so the Bills are going on the road, and they got to win on the road this year. Um, so I like that for the Dolphins' chances to, you know, take take the lead on them in the division. Um, but we're going to learn a lot about this Bills team later on this year. Um, so the jury is still out on them and how deep they can go. Uh, Tyler, the Jacksonville Jaguars might be for real. Um, they might be for real, in my opinion. They beat the Saints on Thursday night, last Thursday, th- uh, 31 to 24. Trevor Lawrence had a little bit of a knee injury, but he came back and played with no problem. Uh, they had two wins in London over the Falcons and the Bills. Um, and more importantly than that, they have a bye coming up after this week. So they're going to play in Pittsburgh, which is going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game for them. Everybody knows Pittsburgh is a tough out no matter when you play there um, at the old Heinz Field. Um, but they don't come back until November uh, 12th where they play the 49ers. So you get the 49ers coming off a bye at home in Jacksonville, which is great for them. Uh, but Jacksonville's 5-2, and two, and I don't know if they're going to have any stiff competition. Houston looks all right. C.J. Stroud looks all right. Um, but they're 500. The Colts are dealing without Anthony Richardson. And obviously you have the Titans who are not doing so great now. So are the Jaguars back? Are they for real, Tyler? The Jaguars are for real because they're going to win their division too just because of by a byproduct of just the state of the AFC South. You have teams with quarterback concerns. You have teams with uh, not real good offenses. And so the Jaguars, they're going to host a a playoff game too, like they did last year. I do believe that they can change the course of their season and become a contender if they win their next three games. This game against Pittsburgh uh, at Pittsburgh, that's one of the games of the week, if not the game of the week. I really do think that is an enticing uh, matchup against the Steelers team coming off a, a good win against the L.A. Rams. And then playing at home against 49ers, that's a measuring stick type game. And then against the Tennessee Titans, a team that they should be able to uh, beat in their division. So, yes, the Jaguars, I believe, are for real. And this these next three games could change the trajectory of their season. Tyler, I think when you look at the Jaguars offense, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Travis Entian, you got Christian Kirk. You got uh, Evan Ingram, right? Now I'm naming Calvin Ridley when he comes mm-hmm. back, uh, when he's still – when Calvin Ridley learns to uh, not run so much to the sideline and gives Trevor Lawrence a little bit more room to throw, <laughs> I think they're going to take the sure offensively, man. But that lineup right there, I mean, that that kind of reminded me of the Philly lineup, you know, with, with the running back and, and receivers and tight end. Uh, they look very complete with those guys on offense. Um, mm-hmm. And when you look at Doug Peterson's second year – with that club and how they played last season, 
They won a playoff game against the Chargers. They went into Kansas City and paid Kansas City really, really tough. Um, I think the Jaguars, they have a really big stepping uh, stone here to take the next level and be a really, really tough out in the AFC. Um, they're going to get in there quietly because of their division. Um, but they're good, man. They're good, and they could be a little bit scary good later on this year. Tyler, I feel like you and I have an AFC bias, man. We're not talking about any NFC teams at all, if they're for real, because we gave them the segment to start off the podcast. And I don't want to talk about the Falcons. I don't want to talk about the Seahawks. We'll see how they're the not Cowboys for real after their bye. They're not for real, right? I don't really think any <laughs> of those teams are for real. The, but the Cowboys there's... are for real if you think that they're a playoff team. Yes. Are they a Super Bowl contender? Hell no. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Right. And Seahawks, too. Like, I want to see some more from the Seahawks. I want to see some more from, uh, you know, the Bucks, obviously, in the NFC. Um, but I have two more teams I want to bring up. And they're in your favorite conference, the AFC North. So I want to know if the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers are for real, man, because let's talk about the Browns first. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I think it was really great for Kevin Stefanski to pull Deshaun Watson from that game when he got tested for a concussion. Deshaun kind of fell back hit the back of his head, cleared concussion protocol, but they kept him out of the game. And they won a little bit of a thriller, 39-38 against the Colts last week. Uh, the Browns are 4-2, and two, man, 4-2, and two, quietly 4-2. and two. Um, They're going to play in Seattle this week, have the Cardinals the week after. Tyler, do you think the Cleveland Browns are for real, man? you think they could sneak in as a wild card team here? It's going to be a tough matchup uh, against the Seahawks in Seattle, dealing with that 12th man. We know that's a raucous environment. Uh, they've they've surprised me this year, though. Uh, they have. Born two, uh, their, their defense is legit, one of the best defenses in the NFL. They didn't look like it uh, last week, uh, allowing 38 points to, uh, to Anthony Richardson-less Colts team. But I, I do – no, I'll say they're not for real. And that's only because <laughs> and, that, and that is only because their division. And when yes. I look at the AFC North, it's probably the most competitive division in football. And uh-huh. you likely have arguably the best team in the conference in the Baltimore Ravens. And we all expect the Cincinnati Bengals to have a resurgence uh, at the middle waypoint and towards the end of the year now is it going to be good enough to get be second or maybe possibly win the division uh i don't know but i do believe the Bengals are going to have end up with a better record than the cleveland browns so i do not have the browns in the playoffs this year and then the pittsburgh steelers are going to play them tough too and i, I know they host uh, pittsburgh again later this year in uh, november so i will say no stop yeah, I'm going to say no to Cleveland as well. Obviously, they don't have Nick Chubb. Um, Kareem Hunt and uh, Jerome Ford were very serviceable, but they're not Nick Chubb. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my kind of big thing there. And Deshaun Watson is playing um, very, very subparly, to be quite honest. Um, there's even talks about the Browns, you know, and their deal with Deshaun Watson, $230 million guaranteed being one of the worst in NFL history because he's performed so poorly. Um, and look, when you look at Deshaun Watson and his body of work the last couple of years, he hasn't played enough and the game is falling behind. You know, he's fallen behind because of it. Um, he's nowhere near the tier one quarterback that we last saw him with uh, in Houston. Um, I don't even know if he's tier two, to be honest. Um, you know, talent, pure talent says he should be, but he's gone so many weeks and months since 2020 without game action. Right. And he's slowly, slowly, slowly coming back into it. But, um, you know, the game is just not easy for Deshaun Watson anymore because he's fallen behind so much. And I don't think that Browns offense has what it takes to continue um, pushing out 39 points like they did last week against the Colts, right? And I don't think the Steelers do either, man. They leave a lot to be desired. Um, you know, 273 yards per game, which is uh, the worst in the NFL. Excuse me, second worst in the NFL. Surprisingly, do you know who's worse than that, Tyler? Tell me the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> who are going to light it up in San Fran this week. I think that's a little bit of an outlier. I don't think since these offense is that bad, they've been bad this season. Yes. They're going to come back. We'll see. Um, and we'll talk about the Bengals. I'm sure more in the, are you for real segment next week? Tyler, let's get into our favorite uh, segment of the podcast, our picks of the week. I haven't kept count because I keep losing, man. So let's just oh, push yeah. forward. Let's just push forward. Last week, week was eight. bad for you. Soffit. I'm pretty sure it was, man. We don't need to re- rehash the past, all right? Uh, Tyler, let's 
Let's get into the Battle of New York. We got the New York Giants and the New York Jets, uh, both playing in MetLife this week. Home game for both, road game for both, if you like to think that. Uh, but the Jets are 3-3 three and three, uh, this season. Look like they're turning a corner. And the Giants are 2-5, and five, got a win over the Commanders last week. Tyler, who you like in this matchup, man? Um, I think the Giants should have a quarterback controversy because Tyrod Taylor's looked better than Daniel Jones this year, and I don't think Ooh, it's been close. I like that. Um, the thing is, though, uh, their coach is uh, sticking with Daniel Jones probably because that contract, and he has to. He's probably going to play this year. I mean, uh, this game, and they're going to take an L against uh, their roommates, the New York Jets. I really, I love this Jets defense. Um, and they're winning games because of their defense. And Zach Wilson, he has some deficiencies, we all know, but he's playing better this season. You see some improvement, and as long as he does not turn the ball over, the Jets should win this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jets in this one, too. Uh, like you said, Zach Wilson is turning a little bit of a corner. Um, you know, had the big win against the Broncos. They beat Philly last week at home, which was a big win for them. And Brees Hall has definitely taken over that running back position. Um, and he's been their best offensive player overall. Quinnen Williams is a star. Um, everybody on that defense is playing really well. I, I think Robert Sala has all these guys brainwashed, man. I think they were <laughs> supposed to be the worst team in the NFL when Aaron Rodgers went down. And they just continue to climb and believe in everything that Robert Sala is saying. Um, I think that's just an incredible coaching job he's doing there. Just for them to be 500 right now and not like one of these other teams with five or six losses is incredible. Um, I think the Jets are going to go up to be above 500, get to four and three. I think they're going to beat Brian Dable and the Giants this week. Uh, Tyler, big bounce back game for the Dolphins coming up. They're hosting the Patriots at home in New England. Bill Belichick heard everybody talking about him, man. Bill Belichick heard everybody talking about how his his run in New England needs to come to an end. Robert Kraft need to find a new GM or find a new coach. How much longer is Bill Belichick going to keep coaching? And what did Belichick do? Beat Buffalo Bills, beat Josh Allen and that team. Got his 300th win as a coach. Um, but obviously a big game for uh, the Patriots and the Dolphins this week. Tyler, who do you like? And this one, because you already know who I like. <laughs> 300 wins as a head coach. Shout out to Bill Belichick. Only three coaches in NFL history have achieved that mark. Um, he won't get his 301st win, though, this week. Uh, much to your, uh, uh, um, you know, delightness. Yeah, delight. That's what I meant to say. Uh, <laughs> the, Dolphin, the Dolphins, they're going to win this game. And maybe uh, J.C. Jackson will just push Tyreek Hill or receiver over on, on a deep pass and get a pass interference call and just gift the Dolphins points, similarly to what he did in uh, week one. In week Sockets. one with the Chargers, so, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Man, you're telling me J.C. Jackson has to see Tyreek Hill again? Yeah. That's that's not fair. That's not fun at all. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'm taking the Dolphins this one. Big bounce back game for them. Two of five wins over Bill Belichick. Um, that's been a lot credited to the Dolphins' defense as well, um, but he plays well against Bill Belichick. And the Patriots. I think uh, the Patriots had a lot going for them into that Bills game. Uh, I don't know if it's going to carry over Miami, but I, I think it's going to be a closer game than we imagine unless J.C. Jackson is on. Oh, oh a close game. Yeah, I think it will be close, man. Uh, Tyler, you highlighted this matchup as a potential game of the week. I think we're going to see a lot in this one. But Jacksonville, 5-2, and two, coming off some really big wins, heading into Pittsburgh, who is surprisingly 4-2 this season. Steelers coming off a big win over the Rams last week. Najee Harris got his first touchdown of the season, Tyler Dragon. Jalen Warren got one too, but the Steelers' offense is one of the worst in the NFL right now. Tyler, who are you liking this one? You think the Jaguars can uh, out-tough in the Steelers in Pittsburgh this week? It's amazing. Mike Tomlin is on pace for a 17th season above 500. And incredible what when I look at the Steelers and look at their roster and stack it up against everybody else, it, it just doesn't seem like a 500 uh, type football team. But that's a testament to just how good he is as a head coach. Um, however, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they should be able to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I, I think uh, Travis Etienne is 
one of the best running backs in the NFL. He flashes every time I watch him play. Uh, that Jaguars defense, they're opportunistic. They can make some plays. And we all know the type of quarterback Trevor Lawrence uh, can be an each and every uh, Sunday. So, yeah, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this. As much as I want to say the Steelers might give the Jaguars some problems here, as much as I want to say T.J. Watt is going to get after Trevor Lawrence and they're going to kind of slow down Travis Antian and it's going to be a drag him out um, kind of matchup here, I think the Jaguars offense is just too good, man. I think Christian Kirk, uh, we owe some apologies to that guy because he's earning all the money that he got in his contract from them. Um, to me, I think he's the best receiver on that team over Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Um, I think the layoff has definitely affected Calvin Ridley for sure, mm-hmm. um, you know, from last year. But I think he's going to kind of turn it around. Um, and I and I just like kind of what everything that Jacksonville has going on here to go to London and win two games, to come back and play a Thursday night game and beat the Saints down like they did. Right. 31, 24 in that game. Um, I think they have what it takes to beat this Steelers team because Pittsburgh doesn't have enough offense. That's how the game should go. But I can see it being a little bit of a tougher out for them for sure. Uh, Tyler, let's get into a big, big matchup here. We got the Los Angeles Rams going to Dallas to face the Cowboys. Let me pull up this. Uh, yes, we do. 1 p.m. Early game for those guys. Man, mm-hmm. Dallas, they're going to be up early. Noon game over there. Huh? <laughs> uh, but the Rams, Rams are coming off their loss to the Steelers. Um, they've got Cooper Cup back. Puka Nakua had a big game last week. Um, but they don't have a running game at all, man. And the Cowboys mm-hmm. are coming off a bye. Um, and a huge win over the Chargers their last time out. Uh, Tyler, who do you got in this one, Rams or Cowboys? Puka Nakua is the runaway uh, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year to this point, and I really like that connection that Matthew Stafford has, not only with Cooper Cup but with him, but outside of that, their offense is non-existent. Like you said, they do not have a running game, and their offensive line is real suspect, and that is going to give them a lot of problems against the Dallas Cowboys team with a really good uh, defensive front. So I had the Cowboys winning this game and then pulling off the L.A. sweep, uh, much to my uh, chagrin. I do not want that to happen. But, yeah, the Cowboys, they're, they're going to get this victory. Chagrin, good word, good word there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the Cowboys here. I wish we had some more, a uh, little bit of a back and forth on our picks. We're, we're all lining up as the same picks here, but. Um, like you said, the Rams have some problems, and they're very glaring. They're far, far, far from the team that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think the Cowboys, because they bounce back against the Chargers, and they're coming off a bye week, I think this is a good little uh, game for them. They're going to be prepared for the Rams. I think Micah Parsons is going to give um, you know some fits to Matthew Stafford for sure. Um, it would be nice for the Rams to have a run game in this one, but they don't have one. Um, I, I, I do think Cooper Cup is going to give – I think Cooper Cup might go off, uh, but I think Dak and Tony Pollard are going to go off as well with CeeDee Lamb in this one. So I'm going to take the Cowboys at home. And uh, Tyler, for us, I think this is the game of the week, man. Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Bengals are coming off a bye. And like I mentioned, have the second lowest producing offense in the league right now. Even with Joe Burrow, even with uh, Jamar Chase, even with T. Higgins, uh, but they're coming off a bye, three and three, heading to San Francisco um, to face the 49ers, who are have lost two straight. This should have been the Super Bowl a couple years uh, last year, man. This should have been the Super Bowl a couple months ago. Uh, so we'll see who will win this matchup. Tyler, I'm gonna tell you who I'm picking. I'm telling you who I'm picking right now. I'm taking the Bengals, man. I'm taking your Bengals in this one. Taking your Bengals in this one, I think Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are going to go off on that offense. Um, I don't think I think Nick Bosa is going to give them some some fits for sure. But I think I'm I'm taking the Bengals coming off a bye, man. I you know who's kind of underrated this year? We talked about Kansas City's defense. I think Cincinnati's defense could be one of the best in the league right now. They got a lot of continuity there, um, and that's without uh, Jesse Bates. You know they still they kind of. You know, taking the next level there. I like Hendrickson. Who's the other edge rusher that they have there? Trey, Trey Hendrickson and Trey um, Hendrickson. And no, who's the Trey. other one? The uh, Hubbard. Yeah, Sam Hubbard. Sam Hubbard. Yeah, I like those two guys, man. I think they, they provide a lot of pressure for them. Um, I'm taking Cincy in this one, man. I think San Fran's going to lose three in a row. Mm. 
that, that that's an interesting pick, Soffit. Um, and yeah, their defense it has been un- underrated. Shout out to Lou Anarumo. He deserves some uh, head coaching consideration. He's been in some interviews over the past few seasons. Uh, I I don't think the 49ers are going to lose three in a row, Soffit. That's hard for yeah. me to believe. Um, something tells me Trent Williams is going to come back uh, and play in this game. The 49ers, they do have a bye week, a much-needed bye week after this game. Uh, the absence of Debo Samuel, that's going to hurt. But uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle will still be there. Brock Purdy cannot keep on turning the ball over. Brock Purdy, stop throwing interceptions. Game-breaking <laughs> interceptions. Two in the fourth quarter against the Vikings. Brock Purdy, take care of the football. Kyle Shanahan just praised you for taking care of the football. And after he praised you, you throw three interceptions in two weeks. Stop it. (laughs) Defense, where are you? Fred Warner, you my boy. Come on. You got hurt. You got hurt last week late in the game, man. You know, he'll be bad. He'll He'll be be fine. Yeah. So as long as this 49ers team finds their identity back and plays with physicality and that defense, I'm I'm calling out the 49ers defense front seven. You show call up. them out. Show you them up. Out, your huh? second, you, their secondary is vulnerable. That's their weakness. But their defense mm-hmm. front seven is supposed to hide their secondary's deficiencies. And they have not done that. And that's why they've lost two in a row. Don't make it three in a row, 49ers. 49ers, I'm calling you out. You better win this game. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase going to have a field day with that secondary, man. <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. But we're going to wrap it up here on It's a Football Podcast. Week 8 coming up here. Almost at the halfway point. We are at the halfway point of the NFL kind season. Of. Guys, thanks. Yeah, kind of. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. We really, really appreciate it. If you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app. Wherever you get your favorite apps on your phones. You can set up your favorite teams. Get all the latest news and updates uh, from USA Today. And... We appreciate you guys listening, man. Uh, we'll, we'll check back with you in next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.